Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your flavor of youth, soup. <laughs> Wait, what flavor are you? You're a soup. I'm so you the flavor of youth. But <laughs> what does that consist of? Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> great. Yes. <laughs> this week, AT stands for Adolescent Throwback, because we'll be talking about flavors of youth. But before we get into that, what have we been up to? Mm, what have I been up to? I This week, I watched How to Train Your Dragon 3 with some friends. I didn't realize they were still making those. Me neither. And then it came out, and then my friends were like, hey, you want to watch it? And I was like, I mean, I watched the second one, so sure. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we went to go see it. Uh, yeah, it was fine. I think, to me, it felt like a very safe movie. Uh, so it's not going to obviously have that, any of that novelty that you had from the first one. And it's not quite as messy as the second one. Uh, and yeah, it Uh it feels like they just kind of wanted to safely put an end to the series. (laughs) See, I'm surprised that there was even a second movie because (laughs) they showed it and I was like, wait, they they're just gonna make a sequel and he's like a grown-up now okay yeah Uh, all right then whatever whatever you say to me it felt like uh kind of like you know in in how lilo and stitch got an animated series and then they introduced like a female version of stitch yeah it felt kind of like that (laughs) but they made a a high you know budget well, maybe not a super high budget, but, you know, high enough budget of a film out of it rather than a spin-off animated series. See, I so. liked the animated series of Lilo and Stitch. I thought that was I mean, pretty I, good. I, I liked it, too, but I didn't like that that aspect of it. Where okay, it felt I mean, that's, that's true. It, it's inevitable, yeah. though, a little bit. I mean, yeah, obviously, because, you know what they're gonna do with all their ips but yeah i mean uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'll, i guess i will say i'm a little surprised that it came out in like the year of our lord 2019 <laughs> i feel i almost i almost felt like we, we kind of had put that past us to just be like ah uh, now there's a lady one maybe they were already in production you know before all yeah this, in in like so. 2000 is is that what you're trying to say <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, the design of the dragon herself, like, we liked how her scales or, like, her skin overall looked very, like, like luminescent kind of sand crystal-y kind of texture. Uh, but yeah, it just, like, just a lot of it didn't... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I still have mixed feelings about how they decided to end the series. I know in my heart I was hoping for a different direction. That would be mm, more okay. adventurous and kind of build on the whole thing. But I also understand exactly why they went the direction that they went with, which, again, is the safe direction, right? It's the one that will least piss off people. But at the same time, it's probably also the least adventurous direction. So, <laughs> See, I don't really understand the... I mean, okay. I understand the financial impetus of having a sequel, and then another sequel because I guess people liked the first one enough to see the second one. But mm-hmm. I don't quite agree 
with it needing a sequel. Like, I think I think Hollywood really needs to get over this idea of making safe movies. I, I know it makes money and that's that's what makes the world go around mm-hmm. in, in our delicious capitalist system that grinds workers into dust. But mm-hmm. there's there's a point where it's just like, well, I mean, I just kind of liked that it was a thing like just 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 yeah. a, a one one off thing Me and it too. ends in a way where it's like well they beat the big bad dragon man yeah. dragon and then you're excited for whatever it is that they'll do next but you have a good idea of what they'll do next right and... i mean this is this is kind of how i felt like four or five shrek movies in right where it's just like <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, still making too. these <laughs> i Shrek Shrek died a long time ago. I was really, really shocked that they came out with the second one of that one because I was like, oh, they get married and whatnot. That's the end. That's how they end every movie like this, right? Because that was the whole parody of it, right? It was parodying all these like Cinderella esque movies that end with marriage, but it's with, you know, a Shrek. (laughs) I mean, okay. I, I will not, I will not like take Shrek to task because I think. Shrek 2 and and 3 weren't the worst sequels ever. No, they're not. By far they're not. But like by far they're not. Yeah. But I I mean you kind of run out of excuses <laughs> yeah. after after number 3. You're just like, well, <laughs> I, the more Shrek, more of the big green man who does the nasty yeah. things with yeah. his green wife. He's so memeable. Uh, uh. He, yeah, he begins to lose all meaning after that many sequels. It's it's kind of <laughs> funny how that works. <laughs> I have not watched any of the... I think I watched the second one and maybe parts of the third one. And then after that, just I refused. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like they need to just stop with these, like, forcing these IPs into trilogies because it's... It kind of robs them of everything that they were. <laughs> I mean, I I think it's like I I get it, right? Where yeah. it, it's a thing that was successful, thereby at least the second movie will be also successful. And if you make a second yeah. movie, you kind of might as well make a third movie. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like the f- they were treading any new ground. Like they might have felt like yeah. they were by introducing like a female version of a night fury and then calling her cleverly a light fury. But <laughs> it, it's not. It doesn't feel like it. And then uh, you know it's called How to Train Your Dragon Three. You know, uh, the Hidden World. And then the way that they kept referring to it too was just so like ugh. And then and then you and then you see it and then. And then that's it. I mean, it it didn't feel well incorporated to me. It, again, felt super safe. Yep. Wow. (sighs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing I I did. (laughs) Jeez. I I feel like we're, 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 surely we're past the point where we have to just churn out sequels forever, right? Like, is it that hard for people... Uh, to get people into theaters to watch movies by a studio that makes like good movies like d- do you know what i mean like mm. I, I, i'm not saying that every studio every animation studio on the planet has to be studio ghibli but studio ghibli rarely ever makes a sequel and they do fine exactly right people yep. people watch for studio ghibli they don't watch because it's like oh this is howl's moving castle 2 electric boogaloo where <laughs> uh 
there's a there's a lady howl actually i would watch a lady howl version. <laughs> hang on <laughs> hold on there it is uh oh you're a product I've, of the machine i've, t- I've tipped my hand <laughs> Now, now all of the advertisers will come out of the woodwork like yeah, they'll come for you now. I I see we've we've pinned you down. We understand what you want now. I, I get we've it. always understood. You we've just tried to understood. resist us. Yeah, I, I mean that's that that's true of any marketing. It will get to you even if you think it won't until the point when the marketing gets so saturated that your brain starts to tune out the marketing and. Yeah. Marketers have to come up with new ways of marketing things to you. Yeah. It's it's a continual process. It's super fun in, you know, the kind of depressing way in which it's just going to tank our entire society. But <laughs> that that aside, yeah, I mean, I would just love if, you know, a studio got to exist and just pump out whatever. And that's not even to say that Studio Ghibli is all that original. They, they just, like, re, they just adapt lots of, like, Western stories that Japan has never seen before, right? Like, I mean, Howl's Moving Castle was, was an English novel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like it would be kind of okay if they just did whatever, but I guess no one agrees with me. I mean, there there are some animation studios that kind of pave their own way, kind of thing, but they're they're usually a little lesser known than the big house names like Ghibli and Disney. Obviously, speaking of speaking of Disney, Frozen so, Two, oh my god, a movie for which I haven't seen the trailer, but apparently they go on like a Lord the of the Rings adventure. Oh my god, <laughs> which is like what? Why are we all trying so hard to replicate Tolkien's Lord of the Rings? And you, I'm not even talking about the original like book either, or books. I'm talking about like the the, the Peter movies. Jackson movie adaptation. Yeah, the Peter Jackson adaptations. Like, yeah. Why? <laughs> I I don't know. Did I hold on? Have I told you that I actually read the original story for Frozen, like the the Hans Christian Andersen like Snow Queen story? Oh yeah, I read that like when I was. Like, probably in high school or something. Hans Christian Andersen is having a fucking panic attack in his grave right now. He's like, oh, my work. What have you? Oh, no. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, okay. I remember a time when Disney sequels were not like were not big budget movie titles. They were straight to DVD, like terrible afterthoughts that still somehow made some amount of money and were like barely even considerable to be canonical. Yeah. But it was still kind of hilarious. Like Aladdin (laughs) 2 or Cinderella 2. I actually think Aladdin 2 and 3 were more acceptable than something like Mulan 2, which I wanted to throw into a fire. <laughs> oh, that's not even, that's not even getting to Mulan 2. Boy, oh. Boy, oh. It was a, it was a whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a very strange period of, I can't believe we're still doing this. And, okay, speaking of, oh, God, speaking of sequels, okay. apparently there's a, an Edge of Tomorrow sequel in the works. Oh. Like, 
like you know the the movie where they go through the time loop over and over again and then they finally beat the and then in the western movie adaptation they they beat the boss and then they they get to live happily ever after or whatever like excuse excuse me you're gonna make a, a you're gonna make a sequel to this movie so uh... yeah uh it makes me it makes me cry a little bit inside every time they announce one of these things I never watched the original one. <laughs> oh, me neither. Me neither. Because, I I didn't I didn't watch it because yeah. I was really a- angry about it. Apparently, it was like an okay movie, but I am a terrible weeaboo, and I'm I'm faithful to the uh, original story. I haven't read the original story, mind you, which makes me the worst like nerd ever, right? It's fine. I but I've yeah. I've read the the manga adaptation by uh that famous guy Takashi Ta- Obata. Takashi Obata. Yeah. Is, Okay, I got. It. I was like, "No, you're fine." I, I'm, I'm, I have yeah. to be really careful because <laughs> I confuse Takeshi Obata with uh, the other guy all the time. Yes. I know because yeah, their names are <laughs> sometimes sometimes also with Tite Kubo. But I'm like, oh, I know Kubo. Kubo is the bad bleach man. <laughs> He's also the good bleach man. <laughs> yeah, I actually only found out about All You Need Is Kill because I'm a fan of. Um, Yoshitoshi Abe, who who did the character designs oh, or nice. the illustrations and and whatnot, and and he's the one who did uh, Haibane Renmei. Oh, um, I I haven't I haven't yeah taken a look at that, but yeah. I actually own All You Need Is Kill, like the oh. actual physical version of it. Yeah. Okay. Although on on the topic huh? of on the topic of movies, actually, and <laughs> we're just we're just like tangenting into oblivion here, but apparently. <laughs> Like Battle Angel Alita is good question mark. Is it? Like a- apparently it's a it's a good adaptation and and a a decent enough movie and like enough sort of love was put in towards the the source material. And mm. I mean, it's not something that I'm going to make any statements about cuz one I haven't seen the movie and and two uh Alita is not something I have any like attachment to whatsoever because it's like what like an 80s or 90s thing but i guess we got a good live action adaptation of an anime question mark cool i, I mean that's <laughs> that's pretty cool i guess yeah i i have i can't remember the last time we had a good live action adaptation uh, that's because anime. it was never <laughs> i mean if you can think of one, sure, but like i i can't i sure can't i think i tend to avoid them so i haven't even seen that many of them but every time one comes out, people, you know, roll in with the reviews and they're like, it's always garbage. No, hang on. I thought of one. Huh? Huh? Inception. Inception? Inception is basically just a live action version of Paprika. Oh, yes. But it wasn't promoted as such. No, of course not. But like some of those <laughs> shots are shot for shot. Yes. Paprika. Pe- paprika is arguably better, though, even. Yeah. For for reasons that I mean they have their own merits. I will I will say that I I think Inception and Paprika both understand exactly what they're doing with the medium that that they're working in. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Uh is there anything else you've been doing before we talk about movies more? No, that's that's the most uh media culture related thing that I've done recently. <laughs> I mean, you can talk about whatever. You don't have to talk about media. This is the part where we talk about things that aren't media which is you know ostensibly but our hobby those things are less interesting <laughs> but 
particularly okay. for me because all I've been doing is working on the animation for our new intro and whatnot. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm glad at how that turned out. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I was gonna save this for like the end, but I guess we should just talk about the opening and okay, ending sure. now. Yeah. yeah. So we we commissioned some music for ourselves, and now we have an opening and an ending. It's very exciting. Hala. Hala. <laughs> our opening is by Scott Two Network, and our ending is by Takuma Okada, who's a personal friend of mine, and they're both queer creators of color. So check them oh. out. I'll put put their links in the in the description. It's uh, it's a fact, dude. I mean, I'm, this is us putting our money where our, our mouths are. Assuming we have mouths. Assuming we have mouths, I guess. But, yeah. I mean, we talk a lot about diversity in media and how important it is to to support the people who do things. This is us supporting people who do things. Yeah. In our own there little, go. small there way. There you go. There you go. Fuck, dude. The opening is so good. <laughs> it's it's very much something that, that you would orchestrate. <laughs> I Listen, when... when <laughs> So I, I, I went I went and I asked specifically for like listen, I, I know you do like lots of ska stuff. Can you just give me lots of brass? Oh my god, of course you did. <laughs> I I needed I needed brass injected into my into my bloodstream. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it worked out pretty pretty well, I feel like. Oh my god. I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of it. Anyway. I've also, I guess, not really been up to that much, uh, aside from trying to just make it to the end of the quarter. I'm so close now. I'm, I have two more weeks of instruction, if you can really call it that. I don't actually learn anything. I just read more stuff, which I guess is learning, technically. But I, I don't learn things in the sense that, like, we get lectured about things necessarily although uh, the professor that i have this quarter for two of my classes is more of a lecturer than a discussioner and then he has a specific like extra curricular discussion that he holds usually which i never go to because i don't have time for anything but maybe Mm -hmm. if i was like a better student or whatever i might well (laughs) but that would mean that other things in my life would suffer and i wouldn't play like three games of dungeons and dragons a week. why do i play three games uh, of dungeons and dragons a week you being a better student it's about you being a better manager of your own life (laughs) yeah you're right though you're right though uh i'm trying to think if there's like anything else really like super exciting that's been happening in my life not not really i mean there's a lot of okay I mean, I've been really excited about Grand Blue Fantasy recently, Jeez. but that's not new. But <laughs> that's also, <not> new. <laughs> but also the current it's it's the current event that they put up for the anniversary kind of time period is called What Makes the Sky Blue Three. It is the sequel to What Makes the Sky Blue One and Two on the topic of sequels, I guess. Except it's actually good. <laughs> Grand Blue Fantasy is actually something that gets better over time, shockingly. <laughs> and I I it took me I think 5 hours to read and and experience the story. And it's not even over. Like I only read part 1. Part 2 is releasing uh, later. 
Hmm. It's not here yet. <laughs> but it's it's really been incredible, actually. The story for it is is absolutely fantastic and has been the the perfect culmination of all of the great strides that they've made in terms of like world building and storytelling and characterization. Mm. And it all feels really good to experience because the voice acting has always been like a plus and the art has always been like real good. So, I mean, hmm. debatable, but it's, it's always been pretty good at least. Uh, no, I, I like the, the character art a lot. Like the, the design, some art of the, some of the earlier long. character art is a little bit like, mm, cause they're sure. still like really sticking to like the final fantasy tactics thing they were going yeah. for. Mm-hmm. And they look a little bit janky in comparison to some of the newer sprites, which are much more like modern anime. Right. I mean, not like mm. generic anime, but like it has a very specific sort of polish to it that the sure. older ones purposefully don't have. So, yeah. yeah. Grand Blue has been a fucking time and a half. I have been more emotionally compromised by the recent Grand Blue Fantasies story than I have been by really anything since the last time I watched Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's shockingly good. I I don't I don't know. It's it's I was surprised even at how much there was because what makes the sky blue 3 was not or uh, what makes the sky blue 2 was not that long mm. despite the fact that it was it, it was an important step, but it was definitely like the middle child in these in these stories cuz what makes the sky blue 1 is pretty good. Mm. And then 2 is is dramatic and important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a standalone story, it's not quite as good as one, I don't think. And then mm. obviously three blows all of them out of the water. So I've been having a great time with that. Uh, we've been chugging along with our Overwatch competition. And yeah. so far we have only won two games out of like four, four six, six. Eight? I don't know. We've we've won two games, but both okay. of them have been by default because oh. <laughs> the teams that we were facing disbanded. <laughs> and <Soup>. and uh, <laughs> but we always we we scrim on those days too because that's when everyone has time to gather anyway. So we're like practicing against other teams, and we usually do pretty well in scrims, honestly. And then we we kind of just fall apart when the actual game comes into play. So, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's fine. Oh. It's fine. It's okay, buddy. Aside aside from that, I I have not really been up to all all that much. I I don't think. I'm sure sure there's, like, something that I haven't mentioned that's going to, like, hit me right after oh, I done every time recording. we have a podcast like later on like next day or something I'll be like <gasps> I should have talked yeah this is why I always like write stuff down before yeah. I, the, I start recording because I'm like oh I should yeah, write all this down then, so I don't accidentally forget something yeah I need to remember like at the time that the thing is happening to write down like okay podcast later mention this <laughs> yeah it's tough because like we only record once every two weeks yeah so uh, there's inevitably gonna be stuff that happens but i i never remember if it's worth mentioning exactly because i'm just living my life yeah (laughs) and this is also the thing about the every other week uh format which is that 
every time I go back to edit the podcast, I'm just like, oh man, my audio is is not as as good as some of these middle episodes where we were doing it every week. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, because when we when we do it every week consistently, it's it's a gradual process of like you know you just build on the week previously and your audio gets a little bit better you get a little bit better handling the microphone you get a little bit better with cutting filler words out of your speech and that doesn't necessarily happen when you do it every two weeks because you start to kind of forget after a week or so so you're saying like uh, the rate of improvement is just a lot slower because we're obviously yeah, recording. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a little bit of backwards, uh, a little bit of backwards motion. There's not a lot of forward motion. Sure. Um, but that's okay. Honestly, it's yeah. It's fine. I mean, neither of us can afford to have a weekly. <laughs> I don't schedule. Yeah, I don't so. have time for that <laughs> right right now, at least, and probably not with uh, any any other time but we'll we'll see next next quarter is looking like i have class every day which sounds bad but it's actually better than what i'm doing right now cuz i'm not stacking 12 hours of being on campus in on one day uh, mm-hmm. of which i really like have stopped spending all 12 anyway i just kind of go home and i don't go to discussion sections because mm, they don't really take <laughs> attendance there, so it doesn't really matter to me. I wish I could go, but I just my body can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about flavors of youth. Yes. Yes. So, so tell me about flavors of youth. This film, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, can be found on Netflix if you need to access it but it is a collaboration between a japanese and chinese studio uh comics wave films which um they've done five centimeters per second voices of a distant star garden words etc it's the it's the makoto shinkai studio they do the makoto shinkai movies it might as well just be called makoto shinkai films (laughs) honestly (laughs) and um and Hal Liner's Animation League, um, they're the they're the chap uh, <laughs> they're the Chinese studio. Um, and I'm unfortunately not on the up and up with a lot of Chinese animations, but they seem to tend to collaborate a bit on uh, Japanese stuff. Like they did Evil Evil or Live, um, and a couple of other stuff. Yeah, I've, I think yeah. I've seen some Howliners uh, or Howliners stuff. I've I've seen Two P Hero, which was kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that um, anime anime coming out of of China is gonna just become more and more of a thing. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, actually, speaking of, did you know that there's a Karl Marx anime made by a Chinese studio? Oh dear. <laughs> There's just an entire anime about Karl Marx, and they turn him into, like, a, a bishy daddy boy. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. He looks <laughs> he looks exactly like you would expect an anime rendition of, like, a young Karl Marx to look. No. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, uh, that's one way of getting your work past the Chinese censors, I guess. You just, you just make it about communism, which is nominally what China is about, I guess. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, the few things that I have seen in terms of like Chinese 
anime, I guess, uh, is like stuff that like I couldn't get into because the pacing was just all over the place kind of thing. Um, yeah. Or the quality was like all over the place, so it was hard to for me to adjust my very weeboo eyes to. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's like one of the things about watching Chinese animation right now is that it's always wildly inconsistent. Yeah. As to the quality. Because sometimes it is pretty good, but then in yeah. the same episode, it'll just be like, oh, and now here we, here we're just all over the place. Oh, they yeah. look so weird. Why are their eyes like that? Oh, yeah. oh my. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. So to, to talk about the, the, collaboration work i this is such a weird movie to watch for me first i don't know if anyone else has this but i'm I'm pretty sure anyone who has at this point seen your name which is pretty much everyone on the planet uh according to some statistics uh which is to say that that movie sold a bucket load of of sales but if if you've watched any makoto shinkai movie this movie is like really weird because it's it's like this kind of weird pastiche of of everything Makoto Shinkai has done, but devoid of any Makoto actual Shinkai. So it's like <laughs> it's like seeing some. It's like seeing his like shadow cast upon the the work itself. It's almost as if the. It's almost as if Makoto Shinkai has like died, and oh the studio God. continues to make works, and they they're oh just my like. God. I can't forget my time with Makoto Shinkai, which is oh fair because gosh. they've done like everything he's ever made. Yeah. But yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of how I feel. It's a little bit distressing to me to watch to watch this. Uh, I can't say that you're wrong. <laughs> right, I'm I'm not wrong. I feel like a lot of them are are very much. Like they, their flavor, especially the last one, is flavored very oh, yes. much like a Makoto Shinkai yeah, movie. Yeah, especially the last one. Yeah, but it's just so, not as it's not as tight and it's not as sharp. Yeah, we we say the last one because it's an anthology of three stories, and yes. they're not really super related to each other, other than the fact that they all take place in China, and uh, the, the characters at the very end kind of like pass each other by, kind of thing, but they don't actually interact. Yeah, uh. <laughs> it, it's very interesting, actually, I, I will I will say, because I feel like I don't know why, but for whatever reason, anthologies to me always feel like like a Chinese thing. Like, really? I, I, I always feel like if I read a novel or whatever or not a novel, I guess, because that's not what an anthology is. But if I read stories that come out of China that are translated, they usually come in anthologies. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there was uh, yeah. I think I I read a little bit of Invisible Planet. Or Invisible mm-hmm. Planets, I don't remember, uh, which is an anthology of Chinese sci-fi uh, literature, which was very interesting. I mm. wish I could have read more, but I did not have the money to buy the book at the time, so I just skimmed mm-hmm. it at the bookstore. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's. I mean, let's just get into it, right? Uh, so it's an yeah, anthology sure. of three stories. Uh, yeah. The first one being the rice noodles, the second one being a little fashion show, and the third one being love in Shanghai. And yeah. really, only the first one is actually about food. Yes. So I'm, I mean, it's called Flavors of of Youth, presumably because like they really wanted to like sell this sort of idea of anime as like food porn, which I mean, don't get me wrong. This is like maybe one, maybe one of the most gorgeous sequences of food being made, but it's like just that one sequence kind of a little bit. And, and then the other two stories aren't really about that kind of thing at all. Uh, The, yeah. 
right? Like the the Japanese version is is like the the quote unquote literal translation is from season to season. Yes. Like if you just translated each each word by itself. So yes, uh, an interesting an interesting decision. And I have to wonder if it was like a marketing one. I think it was because they probably recognized because food shows are such a huge thing, right? Well, that's that, uh, that's true. And I mean, like yeah. food shows, or rather, uh, anime as a as a vessel for which one consumes food related media. Which yeah. is interesting because anime is almost never actually about food. But <laughs> they always pay special attention to food. Uh, like, I mean, Ghibli movies are not about food, but they always have the most, like, mouth-watering visions of food that you see. Yes. So. Yeah. 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 I... Yeah, the fact that they use that as a marketing thing is kind of, eh. <laughs> but... I mean, yeah. the food I mean, in the first story is really, really great. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's true that this sort of opening sequence is definitely maybe the best sequence in in this entire anthology. Yeah, because it doesn't like, really. I will say they don't do a whole lot with it because I I know it's like a collaboration piece, but you would mm-hmm. think that if they're collaborating on something, it would be a little bit uh, more than just mostly people talking at each other. I agree. Um, and that's one of the things I wanted to bring up when we talk about the uh, the story and the plot and stuff like that is that the anth- the anthology is 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 a nice approach. It's fine because you get to see different parts of China and different parts of their culture. Um, but uh, the stories themselves aren't very it's it's not meant to be like super exciting, dramatic, you know, Makoto Shinkai, you know, people are separated in space kind of thing. But it is it feels like they kind of wanted to take a bit of a slice of lifey approach. But yeah, it didn't yeah. feel like it, it didn't have like the investment that you might have in something like Yudu Camp, for example, right? Uh the stories themselves were fine and I was very interested in seeing these little splashes of different parts of china but i think that was mostly where my interest lied like it didn't lie necessarily in the characters because they were like for me they were relatively replaceable um, yeah I, the I only think ones that's... that had the strong personalities were in the second one so it just like i don't know <laughs> i i think generally speaking i i also felt like that it was a little bit hard for me to actually get into it yeah. Aside from a couple of, of moments. And right. part of the reason to me, I think, is that the pacing of it is is not amazing. Because yeah. even if you're even if you're kind of going for this very slice of life, you know, anthology of of like literally a slice of these characters' lives, right? right? That's the namesake of the genre. Right. You know, it feels like they're I mean, it, it's an anthology of short stories, but like it feels like they kind of aren't very short even though they are question mark like if you were trying to fit a whole movie in like 20 minutes that that seems pretty short but honestly you could take these same stories and tell them in about 10 exactly i i feel like i've hit uh more powerful emotional notes and and whatnot of of like these similar themes right of of celebrating your family of returning to your roots and that kind of thing 
in like two or three minute animations, right? Well, I was, I was gonna. Okay, this is this is hilarious. But I was yeah. gonna mention that I've had more emotional resonance with Japanese animated commercials, <laughs> like cup of noodle commercials, Disneyland commercials. <laughs> They hit surprising, like the fucking McDonald's commercial, I swear to God. Oh my God. <laughs> they basically hit the same notes, but yeah. faster and cleaner and better. Yeah. The, Anytime the sort they of, include any kind of dog or child, I'm, it's just like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. But the, the sort of plotting approach that they take and, and the, the kind of lilting story that is like, uh, yeah, it's a little bit too much. Yeah, I think. it is. I think they try to dig a little bit too deep in there, and they they stay a, they overstay their welcome just just a little bit. And I think honestly, yeah. it, it could be made a lot sharper. And yeah, I, I think the project is a nice idea because yeah. I like I like watching anthologies. Uh, yeah. I I think it was it was like a nice format, mm-hmm. and I like the the idea that we get anime about like oh these are just like little little bits of people's lives we get a little bit of because this is the thing about short stories i actually really like short stories even though i am you know a fan of longer works i like short stories because they give you a story in like a little bit and they have to condense everything about a story into not that many pages or not that much time yeah absolutely and being able to do that well is is the marker of somebody who can, you know, write a really good short story. Like, if you've read After the Quake by Haruki Murakami, it's a bunch of little stories about the, um, uh, is it, it's about the Kobe earthquake. I think that happened in 1980, uh, 90, something like that, Some, sometime mm. in the 80s or 90s, but the, the really big Kobe earthquake. And they're really good because they build an idea of these characters, but they also build the narrative of, of this, this earthquake without Mm. ever really mentioning it. Mm. Right. They say like, Oh, the earthquake happened. And the stories are never set where the earthquake happened. They're about people around the earthquake and Mm. have, you know, and so it builds, it builds this image of, of the, the thing. Right. And so Mm. that's kind of what you want to do with a short story. You want to evoke something, but you don't really want to dig too far into the details Right. Or else you're getting to a point where you're not utilizing the short story, right? You're not utilizing the sort of short aspect of it. And Right. I, yeah. Yeah. I think the because they were going to divide this into three stories, I think it's possible to have done so in a short story format, but they needed to take advantage of the same type of you know, pacing and and constraints that a short story has, right? Like, like a short story will could potentially be working within a certain word limit, right? And then they have to hit the 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 notes that they want within that word limit. And so, this quote unquote word limit in this anthology is like, okay, maybe roughly thirty minutes of animation per story, kind of thing. Uh, and it didn't feel like there was 30 minutes worth of content in each story. No, um, no. And it felt like, yeah, like it could have been way more condensed if they wanted to go the short story format. But if you're going to have a longer, you know, 
word limit, then you need to have more worthwhile content that doesn't feel super padded or poorly paced, you know? Uh, yeah. I would have been more interested in seeing more aspects of these characters' lives or maybe more aspects of the places that they came from. Any Anything, right? Anything worthwhile, but instead it was, like you said, a lot of people talking at each other. And the <laughs> even the first story, which was just... It was mostly about the importance of food and 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 uh, the character's uh, relationship with his grandmother. We don't see a whole lot of that. <laughs> no, like we see it no. In the first couple minutes, yeah. right, and then a bit at the end, and then the whole middle part was just him narrating mostly. That's uh, that, that's kind <laughs> of the problem I have with it, right? Is yeah. that. Th- it feels like a lot of the middle bits are very not that necessary. Cause yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like it, right? It's okay. I, I don't hate the sequence where he's just like, and then I went to another noodle shop, but it wasn't as good, but that's yeah. fine because there were other things that were um, charming about it. And this is why it was important to me as like a youth. Right. right? right. And I'm, I, I kind of like that, but also yeah. it felt like after that point where it was like, oh, and then it closed, but then it opened again. I was like, well, uh, okay, all right, we're getting a little bit like lost here in the details. Like <laughs> this, this is a story about noodles, not about, you know, uh, and, and I guess that's, that's kind of a weird thing to say when, you know, the noodles are supposed to be a, uh, a, a shortcut to, to talking about the, the youth of this boy as a man and he's just like i remember my youth and i i'll talk about this a little bit later but i think that there are a lot of things about this that speak to me on a very different level than the one that they're definitely intending for you to to connect to it on because i i think that there are good moments in in the anthology and absolutely I think that the 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 moment when like he, he comes home to to I actually I think the really the best moments in this all revolve around grandmothers like do you know what I, I mean know. like all the little all the little moments that are like really really strong and and good are are the are the the moments when he like comes home and he's just like I want to eat noodles with you grandma I'm like oh and then the and then in the third story where he's where his grandma is like trying to open the cookie teen like oh I saw God. that I saw you write this down and I yes. I completely agree with you that that is that is like a really amazing shot and a really amazing uh, moment to write in there yeah it was really good it it tells you everything that you need to know yep. about about the emotional impact of of having grown up and not being able to reclaim you know your past and and seeing somebody who you know for you know the the entirety of your of your youth right was like this this like kind of strong person becoming older right Mm -hmm. all of that Mm -hmm. gets captured in like maybe maybe five seconds yes yes and that was what the first story was about in like 25 yeah And I mean, I like I like the the whole noodle thing. I like that oh, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, you know, my first experience with with noodles. You know, this is I, you know because I relate to this. You know, on on yeah. some level, right? It's like, yeah, I I get it. Uh, the you'll never be able to capture again the the flavor of of your youth. You know, you'll you'll never be able to go back into the past. 
you know, but you'll you'll be able to to get at it a little bit, and and even if things have have changed, some things will will be the same, which is like what what he says with his like actual mouth in into our brain holes. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the concept is there, and I liked it a lot, but I'm not so sure about the execution. Yeah, like, I, really I I completely the, agree. The themes, but yeah, it, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I completely agree. I kind of I was like. Not sure if I was on board with the narration style of the first one. And then the, it stopped in the second one. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, right? Not It's not as like heavily like structured yeah. around the narration as the first oh, one yeah, is. Oh, yeah, yeah. The first one is very heavily narrated. I think I would be kind of okay with that if it was like even a little, even that, but but shorter, right? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, there are, there are shining moments in this movie anthology thing but overall the execution of all of them is a little bit clumsy and i mean i i like what it tries to do but it's not what it could be yeah i think it's clear that at least animation wise they're they're quite competent at what they do right it's a beautiful film uh but the storytelling, I feel like it didn't have that, like, <laughs> not that every of the, every one of these films need it, needs a Makoto Shinkai or whatever, but it does need a center, like, like focus, right? Like someone mm-hmm. to like, really like bring in all the stories and have that strong theme there running throughout, right? And these film, these anthologies, these little short stories, they do have related themes of like your bonds with your family and that kind of thing but none of them are executed quite like like strongly to the point where we're so invested in it right i was just kind of annoyed the entire time during the second story which is about uh a model and her uh sister who designs clothes and I didn't like like half the cast in there and then the other half I was like okay you guys are fine I guess but like most of the story was just like bickering and this girl trying to find what she even likes about what she does and yeah. then ultimately it comes down to like she needed to be with her sister more kind of thing and yeah the second like, one overall <laughs> felt just like kind of the weakest one I like yeah, I wasn't really sure what to make of it it's like okay well yeah <laughs> yeah we've, we've i suspect that they knew too that it was the weakest one because you would usually put you know you put you put your opener you're the one that's gonna hook people in the first one right so that one's the one about food mm-hmm. and your grandma and stuff second one's gonna be the weakest one and the third one is the one that you leave that you leave uh you leave off with so that has a memorable impression you know a lasting yeah, impression yeah, yeah. I, okay i mean I, I will say if you're gonna watch this yeah the third one does have very explicit implications of and i say implications of because they don't show it on screen necessarily except for one one scene yeah uh, they very did. very briefly of yeah. like of uh like domestic like parental abuse yeah and i mean of course that's that's like just the reality of of living in in china and being under harsh economic pressure but yeah i i would definitely watch out for that because it even though you don't see how bad it is you hear it and it it is a little bit like really kind of distressing to to listen yeah, to it's distressing because it also is a bit surprising too because they kind of just yeah, jump into yeah. it yeah well because 
I, I think they, they prime you a little bit with the first time that we see that in, in like the little montage of things that are happening. And then we hear the like really big confrontation. And right, right, right. It, it, and I, I think part of this also has to do with the way that the execution of the, the story is a little bit of a mess, but the jumping between the present and the past is a little, it's like just a little bit off. I think yeah. it's just just a little bit off. off. I, was, I remembered thinking while I was watching it, I was just like, wait, are we in the past now or are we in the present? And then it would play a little bit longer. Like, I didn't know right away. Like, it took a little bit more playing through the scene until I figured out, ah, okay, we're at this moment in time, so we're not quite caught up to the present yet, but this is almost there kind of thing. And so I was like, yeah. they, they they tried to tell it through, you know, how the, the character, the main character especially looked, right? You know, when he was in high school or when he was uh, in middle school, he didn't have any glasses or anything, you know, short hair, he had the gym suit. And then in high school, he had the glasses and he had more of a blazer kind of uniform or whatever. But it was still... And then, like, right after that, it was like he was like a young adult and meeting up with all of his friends again. And it was just like the way that they kept jumping around was I know what they were going for. But again, it didn't quite <laughs> sell it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. For me, too, though, like as as much as I love the scenes with with the grandmothers, it also felt like the grandmothers themselves were, they were basically the same grandma. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, you're correct. <laughs> it really felt like that. Yeah, which I know a lot of grandmas, they're, they're sweet and they're caring. They care about the grandkids. They're going to make sure the grandkids are fed. But legit, though, both of these grandmas had the same kind of impression to me. I you know what I felt I feel the exact same way I feel like I feel like both of the grandmas were basically the same grandma and I was like oh my god it's carryover affection for grandmothers yeah and in all of the anthologies none of the characters had a close relationship with their parents right even in the third one where you get to see more of the parents he's not close with them and yeah. the second one they're absent because they died and in the first one, his parents are always away at work. <laughs> I mean, I I kind of I kind of get the feeling that this is more of a more of a cultural thing because especially especially with like me, I didn't really interact with my parents all that much growing up. It was really my grandmother, and I think that's sure. probably part of part of why the, those scenes resonate with me a little bit more. Mm. And I just was hoping a little bit for something a little bit more different <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not sure why the first and the third one kind of like leaned into that a little bit um and and the uh, the first one even just kind of forgets about it i feel like for the entire middle section and then they're like oh right the grandmother okay yeah i think they the reason that they did that was because he was obsessing over these noodles basically in the narration right and it wasn't until the end that he realized the reason why he cherished the noodles so much was because of those early memories with his grandmother. And that's yeah, when it hits yeah. him, like, that's the importance of why I think these noodles are so important in my life and why I've been so, you know, jaded or whatever by growing up and not being able to have that same taste in, in the city. And yeah, I feel yeah, like I also, just, I don't know. I, I also feel like the visual storytelling gets a lot worse in after the first sort of scene where the, he's like making the noodles because i feel like that scene is there's no 
like words when he's making the noodles. I don't think I don't remember mm. exactly. But uh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't remember, though. But you get a sense of just how loving and warm they are. Yes. And the the emotions that we're supposed to feel just from the way that it's depicted visually and yes. the way that it's animated. You can you can tell that the way that it's made is with love and, and yeah. that it, it represents something that isn't just oh, it's just a bowl of noodles. Right. It, it yeah, literally yeah, represents, yeah. you know, warmth and, and childhood. And yeah. then they kind of forget that. I feel like the directing is not quite as sharp in the second and third stories, which is why. In the third story, mm. like there's just that one scene with the grandmother, and it almost feels like it's by accident how good that that one moment is. Yeah, right. <laughs> because the rest of it is a is is a little bit lackluster, and I mean there are a couple of of moments, like the one where he trips over the the bricks when he's going yes, to yes, his place. I, like I was that. like, yeah, yeah, okay, that that's a good, that's a good, that's a good like, you know, moment of visual storytelling. It's a it's a very good moment of like. Yeah, some some things haven't changed. And aside from that though, the directing is a lot less sharp. And it is just a lot of people talking at each other. It doesn't feel like it's it's like a really high budget production even mm. though you know, the first sequence is gorgeous, right? The when he's making the noodles and some of the like the backgrounds look pretty good and all the characters their designs look I mean, they look pretty, mostly pretty generic, but like, you know, in a way that is not offensive to my eyes. And, you know, the backgrounds look pretty good, but in motion, it doesn't feel as vibrant most of the time as you feel like it should. And I think maybe part of that is, is just due to the fact that like they're... Like the the character art all looks like Makoto Shinkai movies, and those are, are always like really high budget productions where they're just like, we put lots of money in this because Makoto Shinkai makes loads of money, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I think um, I think you don't necessarily need a high budget to be able to make a good film, but this series it, it needed in that case to highly focus on the storytelling and then let that carry the anthology versus letting the the backgrounds and the and the uh collaboration with like a with the chinese culture try and carry it which i feel like if they approached the storytelling more you know more stringently and also like incorporated that well with the with the cultural storytelling that would have been able to sell the anthology way better than than all of the pretty scenery because it almost at one point I was just like is this just like a a reason for you to like show off all of your beautiful landscapes like I don't like I understand you're trying to show like oh China these places in China are so grand and 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 beautiful and and show that to people who might not necessarily be able to go there uh but it it needs to be tied together with something and I don't think the story was strong enough to to do so. And the character animations were, again, they were fine. They were passable, right? They weren't, but they weren't like anything that I'm like, oh my god, Kyoani, you better watch your butts or anything like that, right? <laughs> yeah, it really felt like I was watching, like an a sort of mid-table serialized anime all at once. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Right. It has like a really strong opening, and then the rest of it is like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I 
I don't know. I I wish it was was better a little bit because I'm really into what it what it tries to do. Because I, I like this idea of like, okay, well, these are all stories centered around like, you know, family and and yeah. life in uh, China, I guess. But aside from a couple of shots of like the city and of what, what the city looks like from above, there's very little indication that they're like necessarily even in China. Like... That's not to say that it doesn't feel like a like it, it is set in China, because I I, I, th- I think it does feel like that. I, I think that the way that it juxtaposes both the countryside and the city, and the way that it juxtaposes the sort of older buildings in the city with the newer buildings outside, it does have a, a, a specific sort of Chinese flavor to it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if we had a little bit more of that, and the makers of this were a little bit more conscious of it that might be a mm. little bit it might it might be a little bit clearer and yeah. this this is this is going to get into what i felt about the whole thing aside mm. from it was like okay right i feel like this piece does not quite understand the things that it's it's talking about because mm. it it has these it, it has these i i mean i'm going to go ahead and say they're pretty generic stories about yeah. Family and whatever. And like, yeah. Because they're all about trying to go back to some youth, right? About yes. recapturing the, the flavors of youth. <laughs> and they don't really understand that at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a specific character of growing up now, right? And it, it, this is something that reads really easily to me because I'm someone that grew up now, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. it feels a lot like there is a lot of anxiety about the future, right? This yeah. is a very anxious piece. Yeah. And it feels like the, the rapid technological development is leading to a place where not only can we not recapture our, our youth, but it's completely lost to us. And I feel like there are a few places where this is starker than in in China, right? Or in in Korea, where 20 years ago, buildings that were maybe 10 feet tall are now skyscrapers, right? Right. There is a very specific element of, of, I mean, history, I guess, like of time there that doesn't get tackled in any really meaningful way because you know it's like yeah they talk about this this and it feels like they're so close right because yeah, they're talking yeah, about exactly. this because in the last story it yes. centers around this tape recorder right yeah he's like oh what year do you think yes. it is no one has a tape recorder right and like yeah. it perfectly encapsulates this idea of like this anxiety around growing up in such yeah. a rapidly developing time yeah but it just doesn't quite make the conclusion there and it's just like tape recorder good (laughs) i i really liked the entire segment from when he arrives back at the old neighborhood runs into his grandma's house grandma's like you know like oh my gosh yeah i don't cook as much anymore since it's just me and then you see the picture of the grandfather you know at the altar and then the cookie tin and stuff and then he abandons all that because he has to go get the tape recorder right and I mean the the cassette player, and so 
that whole section where he's also talking with her about the demolishing of the old neighborhood because this is taking place in Shanghai, right? And as we all know, China has been and will continue to demolish all of these old neighborhoods in favor of new buildings that no one will occupy. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> because no one can afford them, right? Because they're trying to look modern and they're... That's money, baby. Uh, they're advancing way too fast beyond their means. and all Right. And so the they could have, I felt like, addressed that a bit more strongly, right? But it was such a short segment within this long story because that's not what they were focusing on. They were focusing on this relationship between this boy and this girl and their cassettes. And I understand that, but it feels like it was a missed opportunity in a sense. Well, I mean, and, I, I completely agree because I don't yeah. think that everything has to be a biting criticism of society. But I no. do think that there needs to be some awareness of the things that are affecting this. Yeah, right? I think a, they had about, a chance for a really unique perspective on it, right? Right. By and, addressing it in the terms of someone who used to live in these old neighborhoods. Well, that's that's well, that that's exactly it, right? Because at the end of the story, you know, he's he's in like a motel that's been built on his like grandma's old house, yeah. and that's just kind of that's just kind of it. It, right? it like that's yeah. that's just it. It doesn't address that it doesn't talk about it it doesn't deal with it in any meaningful capacity and i think that's really important i think that's almost like the central sort of pillar that connects all of all of these things right where the first the first story you know he he goes into that that um you know fast food chain or whatever and he gets the the beef noodles and he's just like oh the machine cut noodles are are too perfect right right and yeah right like it's yeah. obviously that obviously yeah. noodles that are handmade and yeah. made by by somebody who you know really cares about them are yeah. going to are going to be better and that is a kind of characteristic of of living in a not a not as urbanized space and the second story about you know it's like oh our, our parents are dead and we we really like to like dress up and they're always trying to like, get back to that idea and I think that the second story doesn't deal with this as much which I think is probably why it's the weakest mm. and then the third story is like about literally about development and like destroying the past in order yes. to to create a future right and yes. it it gets so close to grappling yes. with these themes. It gets so yes. close to, to the the realization that part of the reason that these characters literally feel like this a little bit yeah. is is because of of the way that, you know, things are developing. And for a story that is meant to be about people and a, a meant to be about humanity, yeah. That's important to look at. You know, yeah. it's it's important to say like it's important to look at that and say like, well, who are they developing for? Nobody. Right, they're not developing for people. Right, they're they're not developing so that you know people can can really live there. It's a status thing, you know. It's right. it's the the literal space in which you inhabit it as a child is is being destroyed. Right for something else. I, I and that's what I uh, here's another reason why I wish that they had explored this more is because that's something that would be perhaps harder or worth much higher of a budget if they had done it as a live action, right? They... Yeah. I I struggle with this anthology because I feel like it could have just as easily been a live action. 
the the food scenes are irreplaceable and some of the 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 moments like right the emotional beats with the grandmother those can be replicated in live action and so i don't know aside from the the really hyper colorful landscapes and the food scenes why this needed to be made into an animation versus a live action and if they had explored some of these themes that would have been much harder to film such as like uh the juxtaposition of uh the the old neighborhoods versus the new ones and showing like you know the demolishing and whatnot and all of that stuff like all the different um places that this film takes place uh, that these anthologies take place in it I, I feel like they didn't take full advantage of the media that they are working in. And it's a shame because they're, like I said, they were, they're obviously a very competent, you know, team. They're both, both studios seem to work just fine. You know, right. They made a, they made competent animations and that's why I don't. <laughs> so it, they, it's like you said, they get so close. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. just pushed it a little further, and I don't know if they intentionally veered away because they were like, "Oh, we need to keep this lighthearted slice of life, but with deep themes," or if they were just, or they just didn't realize, right, that they were only like kind of dancing on the line versus actually like grasping it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of anxiety in this in this anthology that it doesn't recognize or realize is even there there's a lot of tension between the past and the present but it doesn't grapple with that in any any meaningful way it it is like oh i can never we can never return to the past and some things will change and some things will stay the same right and you know uh like we just have to look towards the future well i i mean no right like like sure you can't fixate yourself on the past and and never think about the present or the future mm-hmm. but to look at this you know to look at this d- development and say like well i mean what what can be done well a lot of things can be done like that's it's not the end all be all and and if it is right then talk about that like just right. show that in your character like he he almost doesn't care that the place is gonna be demolished and yeah. like that's his that's his like grandma's house that's right yeah. he, he expresses more i mean he obviously pres- expresses concern about like grandma don't you want to move and then she's like oh you know they stopped the demolishing like right over there across the street so i don't feel like i need to or like it's it, it's difficult to leave kind of thing and then and then it immediately launches into you know back to his narrative <laughs> yeah i i don't know I I feel like if it had grappled with with this idea and I feel like I I mean I don't want to be like that guy but if it was a little bit smarter I think it would have realized that <laughs> You're like, that guy. Was <laughs> that guy. No, I mean I, I that isn't to say like oh they're dumb. No, it's just reductive no, to not. talk about things in this yeah. way, right? To yeah. to just have this story be all, it's almost like it's almost like they're purposely trying to universalize it. And that's mm. like the perfect way to make a story meaningless. Yeah, because like it, it makes really everything is. kind of bland, right? Because the opportunity here is that they're showing specific slices of China, right? These different provinces yeah, yeah. in China. And there are like places that I've visited that feel so awkward with the 
juxtaposition of we're trying to modernize aggressively versus the old technology that is still like they haven't been able to get rid of because they haven't been able to put enough money to modernize it yet, right? <laughs> and they didn't, they hardly explored that at all, aside from showing like a couple of panning shots of the old neighborhood versus the new neighborhood. Yeah, surrounding yeah. it around in in the in the third story. This this is characteristic of a lot of Eastern Asia. I mean, yeah. Japan kind of got over this somewhere around the the nineties, I think. After the nineties yeah. depression, they were like, "Well, I guess we're fine with this yeah. now. We just live in mm-hmm. a sort of corporate capitalist hellscape, and that's just how it is." And <laughs> you know, places like uh, Korea and China are just just coming around to this sort of thing. Yeah. And China is like where I think you see it the most most starkly, where you have this rapid modernization faster than any any other development in history. Exactly. On top of a a country that is sitting on centuries, like yes. a millennia of history. Yes. yes. Their history stretches, and this is characteristic of a lot of I think of of Chinese sort of cultural space, which is. Mm. That there is an incredible amount of tension between modernity and and history and yep. trying to trying to sort of reconcile the the culture of what was with the the modernity of what is now and what will yeah. be and in in a way it almost feels like a uh, like a betrayal of of the sort of millennia of culture that they've built up to take modernization as as a western ideal and and essentially just do that as hard as possible right yeah yeah and demolish all of your previous culture right there is i i mean and this is i think maybe like more of a personal thing for me right where i have a i have a great amount of of love and nostalgia and complicated feelings about spaces like that Right about spaces that are old and yeah. not, I guess, optimal, right? But right. filled with and imbued with emotion and memory. And you know, I've I've been in a lot of places like this in in Korea, right? A lot of more rural places, and the the houses and buildings have a lot of you know sort of feeling to them, and even. Even and I don't, this isn't like just strictly an Asian thing either, right? Like even apartment buildings here that I go to sometimes in in America that are a little bit older, you know, I I can see like, well, yeah, like, yeah. And I promise, if you go into any old person's house, you'll always you'll find this, right? Like if if you go into an old person's house and they're the kind of old person that just like jam packs all their shelves with things, like my grandparents. Like you'll you'll mm-hmm. kind of you'll kind of feel it, right? It, they've made that space their own, and it it has mm-hmm. a sense of persistence in history and and chronology to it that modernity erases. Yeah, it and I feel like this theme of you know gentrifying these old neighborhoods and in favor of modern apartment buildings and and hip hangout places for young people. Right, uh, it's I not mean, even hangout places find, though. Is the thing. Yeah. It's like but, places where you spend money with your friends. Exactly. Exactly. These these kinds of things can be found like internationally, right? Like in lots of old neighborhoods, they'll be trying to rent out the old residents to in order to take over the land and 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 make it into something newer. 
but there it's it's so unique in China to have it happen so savagely and so fast and that's why it made international news that what they were doing in China for like the Olympics for example yeah. uh and so yeah it just <sighs> i wish they went there too <laughs> like they don't need to go hardcore in the drama but they could have offered that unique perspective aside from the little splash that we get of grandma in her house alone because yeah. grandpa isn't there anymore i think it's because you know at, at the end of the day this is a an anthology claiming to be like about people but it's not really <laughs> <laughs> at, at least not most of the time right it's about it's just about like archetypes it's about stories yeah, that it's, it's, yeah it's more about archetypes yeah and it's about universal it, stories which is like exactly the, it the doesn't greatest feel way to yeah yeah it's like the easiest way to erase your work of of any personality yeah yeah I, like, I, I don't feel like i've come out the other side of this having really had any kind of experience aside from watching those noodles be lovingly made right it, <laughs> It kind of it kind of feels like the noodles were the best character in this anthology, <laughs> right? And I I don't know. I I think that it could have been a lot better if they were if they went more specific with it and they were a little bit yes. sharper with the directing, a little bit tighter yes. with the editing, yes, and maybe maybe not as like lenient with the timing, right? Get, yeah. I would take I would easily take three more stories if it meant that they were all. A little bit tighter even yeah right yep. i feel like these stories could be could be told in half the time and that's not like an efficiency mm-hmm. thing that's literally like a an emotional thing i think that yeah an emotional pacing kind of thing mm-hmm. i think that with something like an anthology it's important that you be able to convey your story in as few um like beats as possible i think or, or at the very least like you need to really execute that well and yeah you just need to economize it economize your time economize exactly where the well don't economize because capitalism is bad but i mean you know be mindful be better at quality (laughs) do a better quality don't quantify (laughs) down with capitalism (laughs) yeah i mean yeah, I I am very I, like the, and this, this is it's like I'm joking, right? But I, a little bit I'm not. <laughs> I, I I think that there is an important way that we uh, and this this is like something that I've been trying to cut out of of my vocabulary, which is I'm tr- I try to cut out words that are like really heavily sort of flavored by uh, the the cu- like the cultural sphere that we live in of of this idea of efficiency and economy, right? I kind of don't like that, right? Because it's not, it's not about like numbers necessarily, but it, it is about quality. And if you cannot deliver the, the if you cannot fill 20 minutes, yeah. then surely it's just better if you do, if you do 10 because the, the, all the qualities will just kind of be squished together and it'll be a little bit better. I, right, I, it's, it's, it's just important be, being a little bit smarter about it, and that's what I mean by economizing is just being more resourceful about the time that you're given, and knowing that the story that you have right now doesn't sufficiently fill, fill that time. So you need to either put more content in it or shorten it. <laughs> yeah, your your story should your story should be as long as it needs to be to to tell what it's trying to, to say what it's trying to say. Yeah, especially with something as expensive as an animation where you're 
like like if you're right, you're kinda it like, frame by frame you're, you're kind of yeah. like on a budget and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's strange to me that an anime can be plotting because it's like well then why did you just why did you put more animation in you could it just not yeah and it, i don't know if it's like the kind of like padding animation or like they just felt like this was the right pace for this but it ended up not being i don't know but yeah, there was some kind of misjudgment there that mishandled these stories in a way that even as generic as they are, they could have hit a little more powerfully, I think, or or been a little more memorable if the pacing had been better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think overall it was a fine watch. I don't... It was okay. I'm not... I'm not like I don't hate it and but I also don't love it. It's kind of middle of the road for me. That's uh, that's how I feel too. Like yeah. it's a little bit I feel like it's like not a solidly good show. It's a solidly okay show. Yeah. Exactly. Right? If we're talking about like bad, okay, good and great, right? This is an okay show. <laughs> Did you just come up with a rating system for our podcast? Yes. How dare bad, you? Bad, okay, good, great. How dare you need to leave? <laughs> Listen, it's it's a it's not a numerical system, and that's that's all that's important. <laughs> like this gets a rating of three soups out of soup. <laughs> yes, I give it I give it four soups out of soup. <laughs> what is the rating out of? I don't know. Soup four. <laughs> I, I, I give it a flavors. I'll, you know what? That, that's it. I'll I'll start giving them arbitrary numbers. No. <laughs> this one gets a four. Four out of what? Yes. Yes. Uh. Mob Psycho, I give a three point five. Oh my god. <laughs> what does that mean in relation? You'll never know. People will get angry because it's less of a number than four. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, it's um, it's solidly okay. That's that's yeah. uh, that's literally. It's not that memorable, honestly. Aside from that noodle sequence, like I'm just still thinking about the noodle sequence. <laughs> Why is it the only thing I can remember from this goddamn thing? Because you're a foodie. But I also, do like food. it was really, really well done. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that was fantastic. I just, yeah. I just don't understand why anything else wasn't animated with that amount of love and attention. It's like they, they don't care about the characters, but they care about the noodles a lot. It was a great first impression into the movie, and I was like, I was pretty excited because I was like, "Is the rest of the movie gonna be like this?" And it wasn't. That's, that is legitimately what I felt like a little bit, right? I was kind of disappointed after the first sequence. I was like, "Oh, that's the word." Okay, yeah. that's the only one we're getting. All yeah. right, <laughs> that's all yeah. you get. <laughs> I, I I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. <laughs> Awkward. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to like it. I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. Yeah. I think it's it's just devoid of any personality. <laughs> you know what I mean? It feels like they made it, and then they're like, "We did it. We made a thing." I'm like, "Cool." The remnants what is it? of what is Makoto it? Shinkai. <laughs> it's like, well, we um, we we took one of Makoto Shinkai's shed skins oh that he God. leaves around the office, Soon. and then we boiled it. And we no. made it into beef noodles. Uh, we bought the beef noodle noodles from a store in a package, uh, and we flavored it with salt and pepper. 
I think that's too harsh. I think it's it's fine. <laughs> you, you what you don't think that this is that watching this is like watch is like drinking the broth made from the shed skin of Makoto Shinkai as he escapes to a higher higher being planet. <laughs> I am excited for his next film because, you know, Makoto Shinkai, but... <laughs> God, here's the thing. Makoto Shinkai is someone who completely understands the time frame he wants to work in. His stories yeah. are as long or as short as they need to be. Exactly. And that is great. Yeah. He's just like, I'm going to make you sad in 25 minutes. This time... <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> this time, five and you're like, well, damn, Makoto Shinkai, you, you sure did. I'm sad now. <laughs> and he's like, okay, this one is 90. And then at the end of the story, you're like, ah! <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I that's, that. that's, 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 that's it. I think that's, that's all I, I have to say about this. I think we talked about it. As soon as we wrapped it up with Makoto Shinkai broth, I think we, <laughs> <laughs> that's where we need to end it. Call it there. <laughs> you don't like my, my delicious metaphor? <laughs> you don't like the word picture that I'm painting for you? No. <laughs> he had to shed the skin so that he could escape no! this. <laughs> like, a, like a lizard chopping off his own tail. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Makoto Shinkai movies are good. You should watch Makoto Shinkai movies. They're basically all the same movie, but a little bit different each time. Just a little bit. But they're good. It's a good single movie. <laughs> okay, that's, that's not fair. Makoto Shinkai has one theme he really likes to deal with, and then he makes that over and over again, and it's good every time. Okay. Done. Yeah, End of story. There, there you go. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. What? What are? I guess. I guess we wrap up now. Um, yeah. What are you? What are you up to this week? Where can we find you? I am still playing Kingdom Hearts three. I think I'll be. I got like two more worlds. I think to explore, and then we'll be in end game territory. So that'll probably be the next couple of weeks. Um, aside from that, I've been doing more pixel art on my channel at twitch.tv slash swandron. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. Same name, but with Instagram, there's a period in between swan and drawn. Because <laughs> who needs unified branding, right? And Unified yeah, branding is for chumps. Chumps yeah, like chumps. me. <laughs> chumps like you. You're a soup everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's it for me. What about you? Uh, you can find me at all the places at Literal Soup. If I'm on a place, it's there. This week, I am dying. Mm. Which is normal, but, you know. I, like, I... <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, unfortunately, really at the tail end of, of my, my classes this quarter, which means I'm really buckling down and getting all my work done. Even though what I really want to do is like curl up and lie in a ball and just not think about anything and then get up and play Apex Legends and Grand Blue and then go back to sleep. But uh-huh. I have to be a responsible human being, so I can't do that all the time, unfortunately, yeah. as much as I want to. <sighs> I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I honestly can't think of anything interesting that I will really be doing. I think I'm just following the schedule until, until it 
works out basically uh yeah apex <laughs> legends super fun grand blue fun um that's that's it i i don't know i i can never tell what's going to happen before the week happens because sometimes i have something exciting in the distance and then other times i'm just like i don't want to think about anything up there because that's where finals is well that means if something surprising happens you'll be able to talk about it next time i guess i guess so i guess so uh we've already talked about the opening and the ending uh, mm-hmm. uh, again, by uh, the opening is by Scott T Network, and the ending is by Takuma Okada. You should check them both out because they're great. You can check out our Twitter at, at @absolutecast on yeah. Twitter. Absolute cast. We'll we'll put updates and episode stuff, and and sometimes bonus commentary if I'm really feeling like it. And, <laughs> and yeah, you do like to write them words. Sometimes, sometimes I have words that like I think about after. Because hindsight is like that. And yeah. sometimes I don't have all my things prepared. Ever. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, that that's um that's where you'll that's where you'll find us. Uh Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you said you'd come up with a different one. Well I didn't say I'd come up with a different one by this week. I said oh some, sometime in the future. I could have sworn that you said. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll think about it next week then. I'll, I'll, I'll have one for the next episode. Uh-huh. By which I mean I probably won't. You won't because you'll be too busy dying. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. ね。